0: Who say ni demand a sacrifice? Knights of Ni, we are but simple travellers who seek the enchanter who lives beyond these woods. Ni! Ni! ni, ni,
1: ni, 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 ni,
0: ni. We shall say ni again to you if you do not appease us. Well, what is it you want? We want a shrubbery! Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. and forty, good evening, my gentlemen. And him is actually a paramount trivia tonight. What what club's that? At, or pub?
2: Uh, it's at the Leagues Club. I'm pretty certain, isn't it?
0: Oh, was it? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I wasn't filled in too much, yeah. but um, hopefully they go well. Um, I assume they'll be coming out winners uh, with all their parrot related knowledge. Um, but we'll hear back from him next week. Uh, for now, let's jump into last week's round of football. Um, so in the Shield. A bye for the Guildford Owls. Then into the Ron Massey Cup. Um, of course, Bo Henry getting another win. Wentworthville Magpies 30 to the Blacktown uh, Workers Sea Eagles 24. Um, as 40s touched on before, they could be the Sea Eels um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with all of the uh, former Eels in there. Every, every um, but in I this game, teams. two Sid Bittens.
2: Every time I see a team where there's like more ex eels on there. Like, you know, even guys that were just fringe 20s players from like three years ago. It's amazing. But yeah, as you were going to, that interesting game was in the two Sinbins.
0: That's right. So we were right up in this, and then um, the Blacktown scored two tries in the final uh, 10 minutes uh, off the back of a Sinbin to Henry Rawa and Josh Min Hinnick. So they finished the game with. Um, uh, 11 on the pitch, uh, so um, I, I wonder what went on um, down there, uh, but yeah, we're not to know, but still getting the win, 30-24 to 24 over Blacktown. But then into the uh, flag, uh, which if you got down for the three grades, uh, you would have seen an Eels win, 28-24, to 24. Um, so that was the three grades played all at Bankwest Stadium.
2: I was um, uh, and- I was impressed with the win this week, actually. I hadn't been able to see a game for a little while. And um, they weren't doing it super pretty, but they were battling a pretty ordinary set of officials, and um, and they you know they gusted out at the end, and um, we also copped a, a I don't want to say dubious because I'm not exactly sure what, uh, JT was binned before, but um, we got a penalty for a dangerous tackle, and I think there was a little bit carry on after that, and JT took exception to it, and I don't know if he threw a punch or a headbutt or if the touch just saw him shoving or something. But we got the we got the player Simeon, but still got the penalty, which I'm not sure if that's how it meant to work. It was real confusing. But um yeah, aside from that
0: So that's Nebatele Evu.
2: Yes, yeah, that that's the the cracking name. But we just caught you've you've actually got it nailed down pretty good now, but JT is how he goes by for most people. But um <laughs> the other Fijian winger, uh Solomon Naduki scored a cracking try. Uh, a very semi esque try, actually. He absolutely bulldozed the fullback after making a break. And yeah, and the the boys just dug in at the end. Have capitulated because Newcastle playing really fast and aggressive up the middle, um, but they held on and they got the got the win, so good on them.
0: Yeah, so the try score is two to Sharbell Tassapale, one to Narduki, one to Bailey Biondioto, and one to Vi Tap Is that Vi Tapatai? Yeah, Tapatautai, that's right, yep. Yeah, well, what's his first name? Is that Via? Via, yeah. Wasn't there? Yeah, not Vi, sorry. Sorry, yeah going to say, that's a blast from the past. Uh, <laughs> then, on to a disappointing result in reserve grade, uh, Canterbury Cup. Uh, Wentworth-Phil Magpies going down 6-12. to 12. The Knights were on top in the most of this game and Wentworthville just error after error after error after error. Um, and, yeah, really, really unfortunate, but Tim Manor getting a try right on the buzzer from a a nice bit of play, actually, um, and then converting his own try right in the last minute of the game, um, which I understand is going to be Tim Manor's last game at Manquest Stadium. So that's why they gave him the conversion.
2: Yeah, that was a very ordinary effort from Wenty, unfortunately. Um, They just were never in the contest. And yeah, literally the the greatest thing to come out of that was the, the consolation try and conversion for Timmy. And most disappointing was that Newcastle were not a better team than them on the ladder. Um, uh, yeah, that's right, because Newcastle are a good 20s team but not a good uh, register team this year. So that's they, right. They um, butchered a chance to, you know, to get a win at home in a rare, very rare Bank West game and they just did not turn up the play.
0: And then on to another pleasing result, uh, this time in first grade, which saw the Eels... Uh, etch out a 20-14 win, even oh, though man. they scored four tries to the Knights um, two. But try scorer is a double to Gutho. He was ropeable about not getting the third, <laughs> denied <laughs> twice by Ponga. Uh, Reed, Marnie and Maka Sivo also getting tries. But Mitch Moses, a rare bad night off the boot this year. One from four uh, conversions, but one from one penalty goals, etching out that win in the final minute. Um, I'll throw over to you, Bertie. Uh, what did you make of it first?
1: Um, I was actually, it was a great start. Like we, besides, without scoring points in the first 20 minutes, it was a great start. We built pressure. Um, it's just one of those days that um, Newcastle just up for the fight in defense. Um, yeah, it's it, it just, just our luck how we dominate position the first 20 minutes and then um, Newcastle go down and they um, straight away kick it into um, Takarangi and he, and he takes his eye off the ball knocks it on, which leads to their first points. But I thought we were pretty good. Okay, we had... More tackles inside the fifty and the twenty, but at the end of the day, um, we have got the dub. That's the main thing. We're not we're not the Penrith Panthers who are leading the stats for most um, most uh, t- attacking sets in the twenty. Like we want. That's the main thing. Um, I'm actually a bit shitty that Ponga, you know, the Ponga tackle. I think it's a sh- I think it's not a textbook shoulder charge, but his arm was tough. I think it is a textbook now,
2: shoulder charge. I think to the end of law, it's absolutely a shoulder charge, and I, I'm happy. But, I'm happy for the rules to change to make wingers and fullbacks be able to make that football play, but as written, it was a shoulder charge. And I don't understand why people were bending over backwards to try and argue it's not a shoulder shoulder charge. Not you, Bertie, but in the wider rugby league community. Um, yeah, it was a shoulder charge.
1: Yeah, and just Knights fans are a bunch of I thought Tigers fans were better, but Knights <laughs> every, fans are a every bunch week. of dogs and bitches like <laughs> it's funny, like you know it's funny, they um they had a go Manu saying, Oh, he why isn't there a penalty? He he swung but missed what did Clemmer do? Clemmer made contact. The difference is Clement made contact, Manu didn't. And I just find it a real a low act that they will bring in Manu's past, calling him an ex-crim. You know what? He's an ex-crim, but he didn't probably fornicate a dog. So Oof. fuck you, Newcastle fans, you bloody Oof. rednecks. Yeah.
0: Wow, that went to a place <laughs> I did not see going at oh, the beginning.
1: Oh, oh, oh. The Twitter pissed me off. So, oh, and you know, I'm not even trying to piss these guys. I just said Clemens a dog. He didn't shake hands, you know, that's it. Uh, oh, and to, to
2: Clemens' credit, know. he did own up to it later, according to Quentin Gufferson, um, yeah. who, who repo- responded to an angry fan on Facebook who was actually calling out Clemens. He said that he came into the dressing, mat- the dressing room after the match and sincerely apologized to Manu for the entire carry on leading to that uh, yeah. kerfuffle.
0: Well, it was, he was one of the only blokes that can hold their head up after that game, uh, although he did have a couple, uh, 10 minutes of madness at the end of the game. But I thought, yeah, there are there a couple of Knights players that sort of… <laughs> well,
2: yeah, it's funny because yeah. I thought we did a great job bottling Clemmer up on the field. No one looked at his numbers, and he still cracked 150 metres or thereabouts. So, you know, it just shows you the calibre player he is. And, yeah, it's hard to… I know that what he did to minor on the field was dumb as far as the um giving them the business right in the throat… But it's, it is hard to, you know, point the finger and, and get particularly mad at a bloke that gives a shit that much that his team is not winning.
0: Yeah, yeah well, he knows that the season was on the line exactly. in that game, and um, yeah, that that might well be their season done, unfortunately. But um, yeah, sorry, 40, what, what did you make of it? Uh, well,
2: it was good to see the Parramatta Eagles 20 defeat the Newcastle Pongers 14 to start off with. That was... Um, always a positive thing. I know it, it's not his fault, but the, the media circus around Kawan does get a little bit out of hand at times. But and in his defense, we're, we're starting to see the classic Australian media tall poppy syndrome being enacted where they've built him up for so long and now they're starting to nip at his heels with the, um, the scythe and try and cut him down a little bit. But uh, aside from that, I thought it was a really high quality match. If it wasn't for those um, two cracking top four uh, battles on Sunday, it was probably going to be in the, in the running for match of the round. Uh, Newcastle did turn up the play. And you know, and we we had our um had our bundle pretty well this week, and I think that's been highlighted by Brad Arthur in the post match, as far as that now he can start to trust the team a bit to deal with the adversity and and dig their heels in when the game gets tough. Um, but on an individual level, I really liked what our spine brought to the table. I thought that um Reid Marnie was really clever on the ruck again, some great kicks, taking the pressure off Moses as the primary kicking option, um and that little work piece he did with Junior was fantastic. Um, I don't know how, if it was a hundred percent like a chord shot or if it was just a little opportunistic wraparound, but that was, um, really good. Uh, besides from that, it was, oh, oh, the other thing that was really cool was the, uh, make a Civo story that came out of that week about the club, uh, flying his father out, uh, in secret to catch him at the captain's run and get him into see his first game in like six years.
0: They'll just want to be uh, careful with the salary cap situation because I understand <laughs> it's, it's, that that does yes. go against the salary cap. We yes. found that out. with Didn't they do that for Fooey Fooey? They flee his family yeah. over but or something?
2: Then, um, conversely, that same year, I think Billy Slater might have had family following up for a – it was like a milestone game for Billy, like would have been like 200 or something, and it didn't count in the cap. So, once again, it's rules for some and not for others. So, But, yes, it has counted in the cap in the past. Uh,
1: That's stupid. Like, oh, honestly, it, like – if it,
2: once again, if the NRL just had an ironclad set of rules where this stuff was, you know, black and white, uh, this is going to be against the cap and this is not, it'd be a lot better. But, yeah, it's it's all discretionary. Like,
1: ha, like, ha, like you're honestly telling me, like, when we're going to negotiate with players, right, we're going to be like, hey, listen, you, uh, we're going to give you 500k in the cap and for a one-off game, we're going to fly your family out. Like, you honestly think it's a, like, when you took cheating salary cap, it's what you do to bring them to the club. And I don't think... Flying out your family members because that's that's what you should be doing. It you look at the AFL right. Whenever a debutant makes, whenever a kid makes a debut, the f- they fly the whole family out. Like it should be standard practice. Like fly a family, like, that's why I don't understand why or how we got done. Like it's just so stupid. It just seems as if as if um, there, were, or there was a time in the club where everything we did will get pinned for and. That's just one, you
2: know, stupidity, like, oh. But uh, aside from that, um, it was good to see the forwards step up without Kane in the team. Um, he was a late scratch with food poisoning, if I'm not mistaken, which must have eaten some dodgy. That was their report. Yeah, some some dodgy food either the day of the game or the day before, which is never good. Um, but yeah, I thought that Daniel Alvaro was a flash, but he did his job. Junior was fantastic. Um, Sean Lane had a big game. Manu was Manu. Um, the the two players in the bench I thought that did well was uh, Morata did great. He was awesome off the bench, and I thought Dave Gao was really solid. But uh, the other two bench forwards were quite disappointing in uh, Penny Teppo and and Tapai especially Teppo. Penny got 15 tackles out, I think, but Teppo had like five tackles, two runs for 14 meters, and an error. But beyond that, he also had that um he was out of place on a couple of um decoys. I don't know if you guys picked that up, but he um nearly got falconed. He was like right in the line of a cutout pass that was going right. So,
0: yeah, he did duck his head out of the way. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I'll just get to some stats, which was 57% possession. So, clearly won that battle. And then 89% completion rate. uh, Also, very pleasing. Outgained 500 meters. Um, post contact meters about 130 more uh, tackle breaks, 28 to 23 line breaks to none. Average set different distance we outgain them by about four meters, and then more kick return meters. Average play the ball speed 3.85 seconds for us, 3.42 seconds for Knights. Um, that's something I'll touch on in a sec. Um, kicking 6:37. So they had a couple more. Um, kicks, but four dropouts, four to one, and two of those forced outs coming from forwards, Sean Lane and Nathan and, Brown. And Dylan Brown's
2: <laughs> Matai Moro for an off-spinning shank kick that uh, he kicked too deep in the end goals and it just broke right hard, and we ended up getting a line dropout out
0: of it. Yeah, a little bit of luck, yeah, um, bit, so yeah. we'll, we'll take that. We'll, we'll do, we'll do. <laughs> and Sean Lane – oh, sorry, no, Sean Lane didn't get the repeat set, did no, he? He, he kicked it out. and it went out yeah. one metre out, so yeah. yeah. No, sorry. That was incorrect. Um, but but in any event, that, effective
2: – junior halfback experience right there.
0: <laughs> effective uh, tackles 92%. Uh, Knights had to make an extra 70 and missed tackles, 20 to 28, and eight ineffective ineffective tackles to 23, six errors only, and conceding four penalties to the Knights, eight. Uh, Both teams used all uh, interchanges, plus two head injury assessments for Knights and one for us. Who went off for a HIA? I don't remember that. Uh, Yeah. uh, Good question. HIA? Yeah, it says we used one HIA, but I can't recall... Um, I don't know. Uh, In any event, one more stat that come out of it is that um, after 21 rounds, Mitch Moses has um, kicked for 11 forced dropouts, but has not kicked any that have gone dead and resulted in a 0-7 tackle set. Um, So, yeah, that's just one stat just to show what level Mitch Moses is playing at this um, season, which I thought... Really highlights his control um, coming through, and, and that's something I saw on the weekend was certainly his control. Um, but I thought this is sort of like I know Knights are, are really battling to try and make the eight now, but I thought this was sort of like one of those final sort of matches. Um, Newcastle were right up off their line, um, yes. I would say within of, the ten. <laughs> um, yeah, and
2: that that's their credit. You know, you do push the whistle whistle when you can. Um, but yeah, they were they were playing very aggressive in defence for long stretches of that game.
0: And it certainly shut down for that edge raids. I thought we were a bit too sideways. I thought there was going to be room back up through the middle if we were to turn it back in, Um, just because their edges kept flying up. Um, And I'd say we're offside a lot of the time, but um, that's how it was. But then you saw um, Mitch Moses kept them honest uh, with that kicking behind. And then, of course, uh, Dylan Brown uh, keeping them honest with that one for Sivo for that try right in the corner that I was in.
2: didn't read my coaching point. You're always dummy when you get to Kalen Ponga on a line break. Because he always cheats on either the interception or does what Jared used to do so well, where he sort of swivels his hips early in order to be able to get round and chase the the pass. Um but yeah, Dylan obviously summed it up on the next play or the play after to get Maker over. But um Yeah. I like I like the um the homework they did for the uh second Gufferson try. The the kick ahead was fantastic. They also yeah, identified the that Kalen, Kalen was um prone to either being in the line or being out of position there. And, uh, yeah, they exploited that.
0: But also, Moses ran directly at Ponga for that before he kicked. So, he certainly identified Mm -hmm. where he was in the line. There you go. Um, And the other other stats have come out of – so, six tries scored, five off kicks. So, if we're playing to – is it Magic Maguire? Uh, No, not Magic Maguire. Mary McGregor. (laughs) Only one try was scored. That's right. (laughs) And that was the one of Reed Money sort of scramble from uh that was from Junior Polo offload, wasn't it?
2: Yes, that's right. That little wraparound play near the goal line, which was really really well done.
0: Yeah, and so at the back of that, yeah, I thought I thought we could have been better, especially the conversions would have made things uh, simpler. Um, but I thought that we came up against a desperate Knights team that has been a bogey team for a long time. What was it? It was we'd only won two from, from our last thirteen. That's
2: right. They won eleven of thirteen. Sorry, yeah, we went the same step, but different ways.
0: Yeah. Yep, and the crowd attendance twenty thousand, which was nice to see a fair few more people out there. Um, although there there was still a fair few empty seats at the top, so be nice to fill that out a bit more. Um, other than that, yeah, I thought we completed well. We we created four tries. Um, that one from Takarangi, the bat back first to Clint Gutherson was fantastic. Um, although can I, we can <laughs> we talk I, about
2: can we talk about the player that can drop a regulation grubber kick at the start of the game? But finish the game by channeling prime Billy Slater, and and jumping on that shanked forward kick, that um was in no man's land. He slides in like a professional, calls a cucumber, and takes it like on his ankles, uh, sorry, at ankle height, sliding forwards. Like that is just that encapsulates Brad Takarangi. He's the enigma wrapped in a riddle, uh, wrapped in like ancient Hebrew or sorry ancient Hebrew, ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics.
0: And if you want to read a bit more of that. 40 did the post-game yeah. grades this week. <laughs> um, so the the Cook Island control tower—that's yeah, tower my boy—comes <laughs> up trumps. But I assume. So is it Fergo expected back? Is it next round or the round after? I think
2: I think Brad said the media around 23-ish. So they okay. will still be a little bit off the
0: Broncos game.
2: That would be the Broncos game up in Brisbane. I think. Yeah, is it? It would be. It's mainly yeah, the I first season round 25, and
1: then. Dogs or is the Bulldogs 24? game? I'm not Bulldogs game, yeah, that's it.
0: No, because Bulldogs, no, we play, Titans yeah, we play Bulldogs. away, Titans away, then we'll play Bulldogs at the round, round 23 would be Bulldogs. It would be Bulldogs.
2: Round 23. Because it's, uh, okay. yeah, Titans, Dogs, uh, Broncos, Seagulls.
0: Okay, too easy. Um, All right, well, I think that about wraps it up. Um, Another pleasing win. And um, I was just listening to the um, the NRL Fantasy Podcast, so apparently we've got the easiest draw in the last four matches. Uh, You'd think we've sealed a spot in the finals now, um, so it's a – A run to go on and try um, consolidate that fifth or sixth position. I I still think the top four might just be out of reach. Um, If cards were to fall our way, I know both the Raiders and the Rabbitohs have a tough draw. So do the so does Manly. Um, We could potentially finish in fourth if we win all of our games. I think, but again. It, it's a, it's a bit of a long shot and we're we're subject to other teams uh dropping off but we can certainly finish in the uh fifth or sixth position uh depending uh that that's within our own destiny without uh having to rely on other teams
2: and with the head to head against manly that'll probably end up uh, deciding a, a good chunk of the ladder positioning for us as well
0: correct so we're, bit-
1: so we're practically gar- close to guaranteeing a Bankwest Stadium game
0: Right. Uh, I think we'd still need to win at least two of our last four, which is certainly doable. Um, but I think if we were to lose every game from here, um, we could still drop out of the eight. So, um, oh, crap. Yeah, so Sharks are on 20 points, so three wins behind. But, uh, they would need to win their four matches. As well. They
2: might end up playing people within the back end of that chase that would cannibalise wins as well.
0: That's right. So a lot of that chasing packer got to play each other in the next couple of weeks, um, like this this coming weekend. Panthers play Broncos, so seven v eight, um, that sort of stuff. And West Tigers have got to play Manly, who are fifth, and yeah, all that sort of thing. You think that the top eight is pretty close at this point. Um, the one factor being uh, the the tied game, so Broncos and Warriors on odd numbers which is 21 and 19 respectively uh, which could throw a spanner into the works but yeah I, I think this is a year where we might see somebody finish on um, negative five so less than um, 500 so with more losses than wins all right that about wrap sorry Bertie
1: I guess they're funny compared to last year where the top top eight was separated by what two points I think it was or two or four points like just what 12 months, you know, each season can be unpredictable.
0: Well, what I was thinking about just recently, you know, we've heard so much about the Eels being up and down and, you know, not being a streaky team, but have a look at the ladder. We're only one win back from both the Rabbitohs and the Raiders oh, yeah. who have been sort of praised this season. It's quite quite funny. Or, or we're on the same amount of wins as Manly um, who have been like, you know, put in some sort of stratosphere. But I, I'm happy to remain under the radar and hopefully we can so that we can you know, hopefully it'll be a bit of a dark horse in the finals, but we've still got a ways to go. And as B.O. said in the press art we haven't proved anything yet. But
2: the, the most encouraging thing over the last few weeks is that we're starting to take care of business in games that we should be winning. And, and
0: with had... defence as well. Yeah, we've, exactly. we've let in three tries in the last two games, so with, that's not bad.
2: With Mitchell Moses and Reed Marnie controlling the game, you know, a bit of game management across all those, uh, was it a free game win streak now? Uh, Warriors, right. Dragons and um, Knights. And yeah, they're displaying good, good fundamental footy and we know we can score points it's a matter of just you know sharpening the defence
0: and, and just one thing, sorry, we didn't touch on in the game, is, is still that benching of Reid. I, I think that really takes the juice out of us, yes. just before halftime. I'm not quite sure. I was I, Again, I was listening to, I think it was one of the NRL fantasy podcasts. Apparently he's got some sort of niggles read. Um So from what they were saying, this is being used just to manage him up until, you know, close to the finals, but then we'd expect him to be playing 80 minutes when we do get to round 25, and then first week of the finals. So I'm not Entirely sure if that's true, but if that is the case, I can sort of understand the position. Well, I don't, but I don't mind, I'd I don't still the query I do, why you wouldn't yeah. have, yeah, given, Salmon. Given,
2: given what Tepai and Tarepo were giving us off the bench, which was a combined like 28 meters and 19 tackles, like why wouldn't you just put, you know, Salmon or McKilrick or someone like, you know, it doesn't have to be a great player, but someone that can, because it's not so much about Gufferson being shit at hooker, he's actually a pretty handy emergency hooker. We've seen that, he's pretty queen with his service. Uh, but it's all about you know the fact that Cufferson's one of our most integral attacking players out wide, and he, he doesn't he lead the NRL with um tries at fullback, like
0: the, probably I, I don't he's, he's, he's
2: right
1: up there. So I'm thinking it's something to do with defensively, like um, fixing it. Like <clears throat> no offense to Reed, but can, I don't think he can handle eighty minutes of constantly tackling. So I'm thinking that's it's more of a defensive um, uh, tactic if that makes sense. Because Murata's been solid in the middle. Like I've no, I'm not being biased, but when he's on the edge, he's he's, he's prone to jersey grabbing or you know swinging up. Yeah. But he's no, he's, driving his shoulder, he's very solid.
2: Now Murata was hitting pretty hard on Saturday night. Um, he was running running hard and hitting equally equally hard. So that was very encouraging to see. Uh, but oh, and, the other, and,
0: sorry,
2: sorry, the other thing I was going to mention is that geez, the trajectory of the two Mitchells in that game has um gone very different ways from the mid-season, hasn't it? With, um,
0: yeah, Origin sort of broke Pierce yeah. and he won this time. Yeah. So he, had,
2: he, had that, he was challenging Jared Haynes' record for most man of the matches in a row and fell one short and then got the Origin breakthrough and sort of just fell off the, the side of the earth.
0: Yeah, a lot of their team has that. And, and I think it might be also related to their forward pack, but um, let's digress. Uh, one other thing I wanted to, to add in there and we sort of cut across um, was that. Um, when we went down those two tries, which, you know, they were good tries from kicks. I have to say the one, Sivo, um, maybe the second one was a little bit out of position, jumped a bit too early. Uh, but the first one, they just isolated. Um, was it Dylan there? Dill Dil on that side? Yeah, or was that would it would left edge,
2: left edge for Dylan, yeah.
0: Yeah, Dylan. They isolated him on the the second row, of Barnett, uh, who got over the top, which was just a really good piece of play. Nothing, um, the second country. one, I thought Sivo could have made a better contest on it, but... You know, yeah. you live also, and learn with those things.
2: Disgustingly good catch and pass by. Was it uh, Barnett or um or
0: Fitzgibbon? Yeah. yeah, fingertips, yeah. right fingertips. on the ball was
2: falling out of his hands, and he managed to get it out wide. That was um ridiculous footy.
0: And um then what? So what I was getting to um was that after that um we showed a really really good tent to attack with our defence. And that's something that we did back in 2017 is where we pinned Newcastle down in their zone and they were struggling to get to the 20-meter line. And Nathan Brown hit uh, Guerra or Guerra, (laughs) um, whichever way you want to say it. Um, But – Oh God, it thumped. You could hear it from where we were sitting in the um, the stands and absolutely wrecked him. And then from that building on that pressure, getting some repeat time down in Newcastle's line and then, you know, going on with points. And I thought we were playing a little less frantic in that, you know, in pass, we would be trying to score off every single play. Uh, but I thought Dylan Brown um, and Mitch Moses showed a level of control to sort of get down there and get those repeat sets. And um of course, Nathan Brown getting that repeat set to where things didn't sort of go to to plan, but um, yeah, we showed a, a lot of resolve in that to to um, get back in the game and then go on and, and win it.
2: I said it in that that post game blog that you mentioned before, but even though he gets a lot of love across the league, I, I stand by my statement that Nathan Brown is probably the most underrated player in the competition. Um, he is as good as any lock, not named Tamalolo, and even he's even better than Tamalolo in defence. So. You know, he, he brings us so much to this team. And I don't think it's a coincidence that a good part of the reason that we've started surging up the ladder, you know, post-origin, uh, fell in line of him getting back A, from injury, and then B, back to his best. Uh, uh, sorry, game game fitness-wise, more than um anything else.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't got on to him, get him in for your NRL fantasy pod um, at the back run here, if you're still playing head-to-head. Sorry, if you're still playing for overall or head-to-head, Um Especially for Fafita's injured now, so you can bugger him off and and, and get Nathan Brown back in. All right, news. Um, nothing happened this week, did it?
2: No, no. no. Um, <laughs> I mean, some 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 of <laughs> our forwards probably had a little bit of white line fever on, on Saturday night, but um, you know.
0: Well, he certainly had white line fever last year. It wasn't Nathan. Uh, it wasn't Sean Lane, one of the, the top try scorers for the family last year.
2: We, our recruitment strategy was like cleverly built on the Roosters' top try scorer. Uh, the Penrith's leading reserve grade tri-scorer and then um, obviously Manley's leading try scorer for 11, I think it was, uh, Sean Lane.
0: Um, so obviously yesterday, uh, pictures of Sean Lane uh, with a little baggie with an uh, unknown no. white substance in it, um, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, uh, some sugar uh, <laughs> <around>. <laughs> uh, started popping up everywhere. The Eels have addressed it in... Um, uh, a uh, post, a media statement. I understand they're working with the Integrity Unit um, but uh, from what we've seen, there was a report on Sydney Morning Heral- uh, yeah, the Sydney Morning Herald uh, this afternoon saying uh, that it's believed that a fine would probably be sufficient to deal with it. Um, now, I just want to preface this with don't do drugs. Drugs are bad, okay? Um, but if you are going to do drugs, don't okay. picture yourself oh with okay. them. I, I, but I then don't, don't was... victim blame and then also you know, you've got to look behind this. What? Why is this coming out now when uh, apparently the photos were taken on Mad Monday, when he was still at Manly? So you, you've got to question who the hell is the person that's one got these photos and two is releasing them at this stage.
2: Yeah, I agree that the, the, the Parramatta is the only club that's been um, a victim of this, in, in regards to very you know, dubious timings of um of a
0: uh, Latrell copped it just before, right. even it's though that photo. photo was found not to be him. But yes. yeah
2: um there's unfortunately the game has a lot of people involved in it that don't really care for the game so and i think that's an extension of it but yeah going back to what you said i just like i said don't condone drug use but if you if you're going to do something stupid do not make photographic evidence like come on guys uh and this isn't just sean lane this is everybody rugby league player it feels like you know and it's you know not just drug use it's also the shit that happened at penriff you know like don't, if you're going to do stupid shit, don't incriminate yourself with documentation. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's disappointing that it came out. Um, if a fine is sufficient, I'll be very happy because he's been a very important part of our, uh, our team this year, especially with um, his combination with uh nice. on the left edge. Um, and, yeah, he's he's been named today. So the club, obviously, uh, we've been pretty, in the past, been pretty proactive with um, the NRL integrity unit and standing down players. Um, Kenny Edwards obviously, for some of his indiscretions in the past, and uh, and whatnot. So the fact that he is named sort of bodes well. I think the fact that the NRL is going to be taking you know in, uh, swift and aggressive punitive
0: action. So that's good. You have anything to add, Bernie? Um. uh oh, listen. At, at the risk of being abused, uh, by, what were you
1: talking about
2: before? You talking about the Sean Lane? The Sean
1: Lane, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Mysterious
2: just, white substance picture.
1: Um. Personally, as a personal thing, I, I have zero interest in drugs. I've never taken a single illicit drug or anything like that. Like, I've, I've got zero interest in that shit. And I don't, you know, some people do it, but I just don't see the point in doing it. Like, literally, I don't even see the point in, like, how does that make your life better? And if it's just a prank and he's just, you know, doing it for his shits and giggles, it's a serious prank. It's like up there with, like, you know, it's just. I don't know. I just, I just don't want us to get punished. Like with the whole, you know, Nathan Peace had a similar, not a similar saga, but he had an incident at another club, and we got punished for it. I just don't want us to get punished for um, uh, another clubs uh, when he was at another club. It, it it reflects more on what was going on at Manly then, because if it's true, then surely he isn't the only one going around. Well, that, that, so. that's a
2: good point. Is that the negative pressure far more be circulated around Manly than Parramatta here? Not that the media's gone out and, and lampooned us, but you know, if any anyone's going to cop it, it should be Manly. Because you know he's not doing that in isolation on Mad Monday. You know players don't celebrate Mad Monday by themselves. So,
1: and um, also because if also if, even if it is a, if it's a prank, I'm just, I'm thinking best case scenario it's just a prank. It's not real, not real substance. But look what's happened with Corey Norman now. He's getting tested more frequently than others because you know <laughs> he's got getting, the history. A target yeah, on your back, once so. you got
2: the target on your back, that's true. That's a good point, Bertie.
1: So like he's just. I don't know. Hopefully, it's just him being a prank, doing a prank. But yeah, don't uh, do drugs, kids.
2: Is like regardless of like what happens, it's certainly going to be a, what I hope is a, a significant wake up call for him. Whether it's a prank or real, or he gets suspended or just a fine, um, you know, he's he's hurt the team, and obviously it wasn't in his time at Parramatta. But with us making a charge for the finals, something that he did in the past has been able to be used against him, and has um put us in a you know less than favorable position.
0: All right. And then the next little bit of news is being linked to uh, the uh, elite David Fafita at Brisbane Broncos. Uh, so um, from what I understand, it's they'd be attempting this from November because he's not off contract until 2021. Oh, um, you well, we know
2: what that means. The the fact, Assuming that if we were seriously in the, you know, in the line for signing him for 2021, or oh, sorry, end of 2021. No, end of 2020 for 2021. Um, that's right. Contracts yep. don't mean much. And how many players do you see signed out over twelve months in advance that end up, you know, making a mid season transfer to their new club? So if you know, be all on board that sign if it, if it does end up happening. He's an awesome player, awesome um edge talent, and that's something that our team definitely needs with Manu uh moving on. Well, hang on. So when's he off contract end of twenty twenty
1: one? right? end
0: of next season he's off contract. End of so twenty twenty, so it would be for the twenty twenty one season.
1: Because I didn't
2: want us to be like another Dylan Brown Warriors where we can't. Oh, and that, sorry, I know, but I know but you're you're the the big boss here, but that was something that was mentioned in the media this week about Dylan's um keen keen and eagerness to get his contract settled with deals, which was good to see.
0: Yeah, and he stated that all his family's moved over here, which we're sort of all aware of. So, um, yeah, but so back on to David, if it happens, um, it'll be great signing given. Um, our second, uh, sorry, our, our second rower stocks at the moment, um, but also you know a young bloke in his first season playing Origin for Queensland. I know their their forward stocks are a little low, but still. But
2: he didn't look out, um, he he didn't look out of his at Origin either. So he's um, and you can just see when we watch him play, he's got that explosiveness, that athletic, you know, quality that you know shines through. So yeah, he'd be an awesome, awesome recruit. I've, I've,
1: I've got a proposition. Would you rather pay for feeder six hundred k a year? for four years or would you rather pay dry arrow 800k 800k for four years Fafita's do you want known. success straight away or long term
2: if, you, if you're talking if those two values were anywhere close I'd take Fafita without it without I'd
1: pranking. take Fafita but like I'm talking about like because dry arrow can help you day one like Fafita I'm thinking in a couple
0: of years when he's more. I, th- I still think Fafita can still help you right now I think mean, he'd be a difference maker
2: for us yeah like he, he'd have his like you know rook, not rookie but young guy slip ups as he you know, gets used to first grade but I definitely for those two because you're talking about another quality, you know, not great but quality top thirty player. You know, with that 150 to 200k that you're saving a year, so that's um that's huge.
0: All right, well that'll wrap up the news. Then on to previews on Sunday the 18th of August at 12 noon Wentworth Park at Guildford Hours taking on Sydney University. This is the Sydney University it was touched up like 82 <laughs> points to that something by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, by the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, so hopefully they should be getting a win in that grade. Then on to Ron Massey Cup, three pm, Ringrose Park, Saturday the seventeenth of August, taking on the Penrith Brothers. Uh, you'd expect uh, Wentworthville to get a victory here, although is no, it's the Marys that are up in the top, not Penrith Brothers. Um, but yes, you uh, yeah, Brothers are in eleventh. They should certainly get a a, a victory um, there. And then on to Jersey flag. you've got the Manly Sea Eagles in 14th position. I'm just going to ignore that. Uh, Eagles in 11th position at 11am at Labor Field. Um, so there's a couple of ins and outs here. Uh, Jesse Cronin back in, Tafua Afu and William Key uh, all returning. Uh, Nebatele Evu doesn't seem to have copped any suspension after that sin meeting. So it must have been too um, egregious. But then again, uh, you've got and Hughes starting in the props. So uh, should be getting a win in this road.
2: That's that's the expectation, isn't it? Like when you talk about the ladder difference and the quality of the team, for sure.
0: And then, yeah, earlier, Oh, have they played them this year? I can't remember. When I've just checked on the previous meetings, beat them 22-14 last year and six thirty-eight last year as well. So, um, yeah, you'd ex- be expecting them to win. Um, but we'll just have to see how that plays out. It is at Manly's home ground. Uh, then on to the Canterbury Cup, which we'll see, um, again, up against Manly, uh, Blacktown uh, workers see Eagles. Taking on Wentworthville Magpies, but it's Sunday, the eighteenth of August at three pm. Also at labor Field. Uh, now into that grade, I'm just getting the team list. Um, so Tep Moroa comes down. Something we'd sort of been calling for. Uh, not against Tep, but if he's going to Union and and the contribution he gave on the weekend, um, I think there's some other players that can come in and do a job. Um, but you'd be expecting them to to get a win in this this grade too. Um, if they can put it all together, which they haven't done <laughs> That's a big if, isn't it? <laughs> well, one player I did want to actually touch on from reserve grade last week. Um, you know, a couple of people really like him, but we've sort of pulled out his flaws and whatever else. But Greg Lalesiwell was very dangerous every single time he ran the ball. Oh, it's, it's, that's um, never been a question that.
2: of, of like how, how dangerous he is with the ball in hand. He is an absolute wrecking ball. And, like, you know, he plays against a lot of either, you know, fringe general prospects or, you know, uh, back end actual NRL players that have been dropped or coming back from injury, and he has no issues breaking tackles. It's just that I don't think he provides the same uh, application defensively and and to the finer aspects of his game that he does. You know, as far as running the ball, because he's an absolute weapon with the ball in hand.
0: Yeah, I just I want to single him out and say that he was really dangerous yeah. in that game, especially when everybody else kept dropping the ball. Yeah, seemed to be the he, only he one was, doing it. He well. was
2: making you know fifty, you know, working off his line. He was making you know twelve to fifteen meters and getting away offloads. Um, and I know he, at the end of the game he sort of got away an offload that was intercepted, but I I forgave him that because we were chasing two tries at that point in time, prior to Tim Manns scoring on the buzzer. Um, so that was fine. But yeah, he's an absolute weapon with the ball in hand. That's why it's so frustrating seeing him not quite kick on to where he needs to be. Because you know, the NRL has shown that you can fit a smaller winger or back into the team if they, they bring the right tools there. You look at the um the likes of um uh, Solomon Ocato in the past, Conrad Hurrell, um even like someone like uh Nofaluma who Nofaluma, yeah, sorry, Dave Nofaluma for the Tigers and uh for the Warriors, Fusatua is not exactly a giant either. So Yeah, there's the the, the opportunity was there for him and he just hasn't quite kicked on.
0: And Then we'll go into the first grade, which we'll see the Gold Coast Titans taking on the Eels at the 6 p.m. time slot on Friday, the pub slot, 16 August 2019. Uh, Again, on Foxtel, um, KO Live Pass, um, all that. It won't be on Channel 9, which will be the following game. Um, so let's just quickly go through the team lists. Unchanged, pretty much in the 13, which is Clint Guston at fullback, Sivo Tacker on the wings, Jennings and Blake in the centres. 5'8th and halfback, Dill Brown, Mitch Moses. And then the props, Kane Evans returns, Junior Paulo as well, starting Reed Marnie at 9. Then the second row of Sean Lane, Manu Ma'u, and Nathan Brown. Uh, then the interchange bench, Penny Terapo, David Goward, Dan Alvaro, and Murata Nair Corey. Um, and then the extended, oh, sorry, the reserve bench is Moroa, George Jennings, Steph Vana, or and Will Smith. Um, just before I get into the other team, with Walker Blake, he's so close to, <laughs> to getting into space. Having a monster um, game, isn't
2: he? He's, he's so close.
0: <laughs> he's just really close to getting that line break. But yeah, um, Titans. Alexander Brimson at fullback on the wings. Jesse Arthur's and Philip Sammy. Uh, centers Callum Watkins and Brian Kelly, 5'8", Tyrone Peachy, halfback Riley Jacks. then in the forwards, Jared Wallace, Jay Whitbread, and then Mitch Rain at Hooker. Nathan Peets has been pushed back to reserve grade, rather. Uh, Second row, Kevin Proctor, Sam Stone, and Jai Arrow comes back. He's been back two weeks now, I want to say, from injury at lock. Then the interchange, Michael Gordon, super sub. I thought his season was done the other week. Must have made some sort of miraculous recovery. Uh, Fodawaka, Bryce Cartwright, and Brenko Lee, and then the extended bench is Anthony Don, Tanner Boyd, Leilani Latu, and Nathan Peets. Um, just looking at those team lists, um, we should really easily account for the Titans. Uh, if we want to be serious, they've got two um, fullback slash wingers, Brenko Lee and Michael Gordon on the bench, and Bryce Cartwright is no real big man Um we should really dominate them at that point where the interchange comes on. That's just my initial thoughts, Bertie.
1: Um, yeah, so, <laughs> um, sorry, I'm going to have a look at the team. I haven't been paying attention. I, I should be slated for this podcast. i have literally not prepared for it, but, um, yeah, can you come back to
0: me in five minutes? <laughs> okay, I'll go to forty first. Titans checked out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you're Beautiful. absolutely
2: right. But um, it's much like the Knights. Like they're not as a bigger bogey team as the Knights for us in the past, because I think we've got a much better record. But our games against them tend to be real scrappy. Um, even when we win, it's kind of like we've we've ground out a, an ugly victory. So I'd be looking, like you said, to really trying to exploit a mismatch in the the two interchange lineups, and um, in that second phase of the the first half really look to get ahead. But by saying that, we should be dominating from the, the opening whistle too. The way for Evans back, uh, him and Junior should give us the um, the strength up the front to set the platform for our controlling spine to you know get in the front foot and, and put the game away early. So uh, individual matchups wise, I'm not really sure where we should be looking to exploit because the Titans have got holes everywhere. Like, it, you know, Cartwright's obviously a huge defensive liability, but, you know, neither of the... I mean, Riley Jacks is a pretty good defender in the halves... But aside from that, there are, um, you know, they haven't got much going for them.
0: Yeah. So we have beat them the last two occasions, but Gold Coast hold the advantage of 11 from 19. Um, so of course, us having that big win over them was it back in 2009 when they made the yeah qualifier? that was
2: the Joel Reddy from the scrum uh, try.
0: So. Yeah. So unfortunately, we blotted out there. Um, one well... Real occasion for glory um, back when they had some good players. But, yeah, really, we should be getting this 13-plus if we want to be serious. Um, And just looking at NRL, some stats here. Parramatta love to promote the footy. Uh, We rank third in the league for offloads, 230 total, with Junior Paulo passing in contact, a team-high 44 times, fourth in the league. Um, So, yeah, we should be really looking at power game up the middle. And then once we get down there, either going back inside, I want to see some lines. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. uh, (laughs) From Sean Lane. (laughs)
2: Especially in the Uh, Gold Coast. Running off Dylan
0: Brown. um, Because I I thought we really saw that combination light up last uh, week. It was something that sort of Glimmered through. Uh, we saw it in the preseason, and then in round one with um, against Penrith. But I thought that was the first occasion we really saw those two guys link up and look dangerous down that edge. Nathan, uh, Sean Sean Lane poking his nose through a couple of times, and and almost getting an offload. There was one there where he sort of got spun around, and he was waiting for somebody to to run through. But I think Gutho had already run through. And yeah, um, yeah. If we're serious, we should really be looking to put. Uh, a score on Gold Coast. Um, But as you've said, 40, um, a lot of these games do tend to be scrappy. So if that's not the case, we really need to be getting the two points. We don't want to falter here uh, when we've got a chasing pack who are four and five points off us, respectively. Uh, This is a game that we should be winning, um, and we should really cement that top five or sixth position in the top eight.
1: I don't want to jinx it all. Like, just having a look at the team. You're right. This this is an NRL – we're an NRL squad. And that's a Winnie side. Like, that's just – their oh, side the, the is
2: The Gold Coast horrendous. are in dire straits, and, and I, I don't yeah. envy um, uh, Holbrook and his, the magnitude of his tasks because they're much like the way Newcastle were when Nathan Brown took over. They're years off being, you know, even competitive.
1: So Yeah, like, surely this, this is a game – if we just – if we do exactly what we did last week, because let's be honest, Knights put up a fight, these guys I don't not disrespect them, but I don't think they would. I reckon they'll cave in. So we should be putting a score on them and boosting our for and against. But um knowing us and Titans and the history, like as Forty said, they, they're a bit scrappy and not so much they beat us, but we just implode. I remember was it two years ago? we were on a streak or we won two games in a row after beating what was it, Panthers and the, open, and Georgia. the opening of the twenty
2: seventeen season we had the yeah, the opening yeah. two games and then it, that loss to the Gold Coast where it was, it was one of the worst, oh. worst losses right after Penrith Foss this year as far as not holding onto the ball and completely imploding, it started a four-game skid, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, See, even if they had – see, obviously the, 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 the most dangerous player is Brimson, but that's last – if this was last season, Brimson, I'd be worried. But this season, I know he's been in and out of the squad with Michael Gordon, but, you know, like, just stop the – just stop Jairo that's a forward leader, and the rest – literally, like, I could see – um, Dylan Brown having a ball out there with, with more time because our forward's gonna lay a platform. Our forward should lay a platform and he should have plenty of time and space to do, you know, to show off his his um his talents more. So mm-hmm. yeah, just knuckle down, just go through your sets and it'll, it'll eventually take care of stuff. They'll just fold. I don't I don't wanna sound disrespectful to them, but yeah, they're they're probably already planning their holiday and we're just worried about trying to get into the finals healthy, so yeah.
0: Right, well, for first try scorer and eventual score, um, Ham has Dylan Brown and then eventual score 40 to 4. Uh, Bertie, what's your tip?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Maker Suvo, first try scorer, and I think he's going to score a hat trick. Um, and we're going to win 48 nil. I reckon we'll keep it a shutout, and yeah, so um. Yeah, just the main thing, just keep the errors. If we if we minimise our errors to, like, say, three or four, we should win that easily. But, yeah, just, you know, we're going to try and take the – try, just try and put the result out of their way as soon as possible because as long as they're still in the fight, they're going to think they've got a chance to win. It's going to be a scrappy game.
0: So, yeah. And then to you, forty. I feel like the smart
2: money is on one of our back three to get the first try scorer, but I'm going to go against smart money because, you know, that's really clever. Uh, give Nathan Brown a shot at first try scorer. And got to tip the Eels to win here. Um, I'd like to get a nice little four against boo uh, Boost, but uh, geez, I don't know. I feel like it's either going to be a, a scrappy, you know, 22-14, 22-16 victory or a big 38-6 to six victory.
0: Sorry, just cut it out.
2: Oh, I said it'd be either a scrappy like 22-14, 22-16 win or a, a bigger 38-6 to six win or something like along those lines.
0: All right, and then for me, Waka Blake's going to get his first one, the Eels. (laughs) He's been so close in in the last couple of weeks to breaking that line, but for an ankle tap or something like that to roll him up. And can I just confirm, I think he'll be up against, is he up against Watkins? I I think that's the case. And Jesse Arthurs, who don't inspire a whole lot of confidence on that edge. Um, So I'd really like to see him. Uh, break down that side. And then I can see it's 36-8 to eight victory. Um, a scrap. <laughs> I think we'll scrap for a while and then we should really pull away with them with our bench um, if they're going to put in like they should. Um, all right, that about sums that up. And then one thing, so going into uh, our personal stuff, um, what did him want to say? Oh, yeah, he wanted to say... Um, that the the racial vilification of uh, Latrell well, it, it Mitchell. Comes not a, on, it comes up a week after
2: think, you talked about on goods, doesn't it? Which is funny timing. Like, and we yeah, about
0: the racial... which I, th- I think everybody on this podcast who listens to it can certainly get behind that. Mm-hmm. Telling people they're black CUNTs and that yeah. you're going to stomp on their heads or whatever else is, no is a no-go. No place for it, yeah. Um, Birdie? <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: Twitter is um, uh, Birdie fan. Uh, it's the EPL started on the weekend. Um, a couple of surprises: Chelsea, you know, getting flogged by Man United. my Spurs, they were down after eight minutes to a newly promoted side in um, Aston Villa. Just getting the shits at one stage. I was going to be like, really? I stayed up till two thirty in the morning to watch this uh, crap. Uh, but then we eventually got the win. Uh, scored the last twenty minutes, three goals. So, give me a bit of a heart attack. And um, how about your QB yeah.
2: wanting forty million dollars a year? You see those reports? Oh yeah,
1: then? yeah. yeah. Well, apparently he. Oh, well, see, listen. He wants forty million. Dollars. He's going to start somewhere because if he came in and says, "I want no,"
2: I, I, I understand the negotiating behind it. It's just it's funny seeing Dak oh, Dak uh, yeah. starting that high, but that's how it is with the NFL. If you're like a, if you're a top fifteen QB, you get like you reset the market when you come off contract. Because it doesn't
1: help the Kirk Cousins deal, like yeah. the Jimmy G's deal, yeah, like even Wentz. I think he's a better. I think he's a better QB than Wentz. Wentz can throw a ball better than him. But once his injury, there's a, there's
2: a lot of mediocre QBs making crazy money, and there's you know obviously there's yeah. some top QBs getting top money too, but yeah that that sort of the market's such a mess there.
1: I guess when you draft well, because if you look over the years, or like I think we have an uncrazy we have a crazy stat like I think like six of our last seven first round picks have actually you know been pro ballers and shit like.
2: Oh, the the and, Cowboys uh, have been sneaky good drafters in recent years for sure, especially that class of um Prescott and um. Uh Zeke. Yeah,
1: Zeke. Jalen Smith as well. So he, he he's a he needs to – his contract, he's on his last year. Like it doesn't help that Dax a fourth. He can't have it. He doesn't have the fifth year option. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And we also traded for Cooper last year. But we, so we have to sign him because then we just gave away a first-round pick. So, you know, it's the – I want to say the joy uh, – it's the negative side to having a, 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 a decent play. <laughs> That's right.
2: That, that is unfortunate. That's how it works. The Seahawks lost a lot of their good players recently. Um, yeah. And um I know that Green Bay has had some of the same shit in their um, success. That's how it goes.
1: Yeah, uh, Valentine Holmes did all right. He, he did all right as a receiver, more like it's not as, receiver as a running back receiving it. His pass backing pause, is, is, yeah.
2: is, is as expected atrocious, but that's that's not a issue. He's gonna have to yeah. that's why he's being redshirted for the first year. He's got to stay in uh, the game.
1: And I think it's like another Aussie, another Aussie punter. Yeah, the buddy, uh, the San
2: Francisco 49ers drafted at another Aussie.
1: Um, yeah, so two Aussies in the same division. Yeah,
2: two Aussie cool. punters that are both really good punters in the same division. So that's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah. And uh, so, uh, if forty? 40?
2: So obviously 40-20 from the Cumberland throw. You guys all know where I'm at and what I do. Um, on that NFL track, uh, my Seahawks got a nice win over Denver in the preseason. Got a, uh, what looks to be a pretty cool rookie class. They all play pretty well. Um, so very excited about them. Um, aside from that, um trying to think of anything interesting happening. We talked about the cricket last podcast, didn't we? Steve Smith saving the day. Um,
0: yeah, that'll start again. Is yeah. It that's, Thursday, I want to say. I want to say Thursday, yeah.
2: Um, and aside from that, I feel like I'm missing what something.
1: About that, what about that college basketball player that uh, got his missus to do his, uh, his urine sample, came back she was pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> did he, I, did I that? missed that. I missed that. That's did that a Kenny Edwards and a Keisa Pritchard. Uh, um and um, yeah, find out uh, she's pregnant, <laughs> and he got suspended. So yeah, yeah we've been, well not we win, but yeah, that's, double
2: that's double blow. Um, yeah, but yeah. Aside from that, um, I feel like I'm missing something, but it's all good. I'll let it go.
0: Yeah, and then the last bit was the craziness in Sydney CBD today. Um. Clearly, uh, more needs to be invested into mental health issues. Um. But I found it funny that uh, Americans have a debate about we need guns to protect us from guns, and whereas we, Australians we, have, uh, we, have a, we have all a, use a, chairs and yeah. milk crates to protect us from machetes. But,
2: but yeah, on a serious note, we we had a you know a horrible incident today where a person, one person died. Is that right?
0: Um. They don't know if that was linked. Okay. They're not so, quite
2: sure. But we we had multiple. I know there was at least multiple stabbing victims. And you know that's it's a tragedy, but imagine if it had a gun. Like seriously, like it just uh, gun control—it makes sense. I don't understand why it's this, that Second Amendment right to be able to contest the government. You know, going back to the War of Independence of England. Like, come on—the the world's you know three hundred years like moved on from there. You know, let's let's think about you know tighten up that gun control.
0: One thing I did enjoy is because of course it it, it always gets shifted back to video games. And then Reggie, I, th- I think he's now left um, Nintendo, but he put up this graph and it's got <laughs> um, expenditure on uh, uh, video games per capita um, and then death by guns. And then South Korea's got like crazy, they've just got a massive right. gamma culture, almost yeah. nothing. Then the country below that almost nothing then America, <laughs> and then it's got like a massive bar going out the side, and then you go to the next country and they're all minimal 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 I wonder um, I wonder so, what the yeah.
2: um the underlying data there
0: suggests yeah, exactly um yeah, on that sad side, so on my note. um other than that, we've got two games left at bank West uh, for, for certain. Um, for certain. Um, so that'll be against the Bulldogs, which is unfortunately on a Thursday night, but I'm going to jump into that on the way back from work. And then, of course, you've got the Friday night to finish it all off against Manly. Manly That's yeah. also the pub slot game at six o'clock. Um, so make sure you're getting out of work early. Um, uh, one of my work colleagues is a Manly fan. So we're going to go down together um, and watch it. And fingers crossed we can get the edge over them on that evening because it'd be nice to rub like, it in like his that you face. I
2: work colleague, not work mate. That's um, a correct way of describing <laughs> some of those sports men.
0: Exactly. Uh oh, one thing we didn't touch on was the the rugby union. Um, of course. Uh, that's only one game played. Um, but yeah, that's probably one of the best performances I've seen from the Wallabies uh, in my time. Yeah, and they were up uh, before
2: the red card too. So you know, kudos to them for taking advantage of the one man advantage.
1: I
0: wonder but, if we
1: win the Berslaw, will Tepo still go to the Union? Because he said he wants to bring the like home, so
2: he can keep it home then. Because um, the All going to be back angry after that game. Don't worry about that. He's going to have a lot of work to do when he gets over there.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they've got um, they've got to play over in New Zealand next. So uh, again, only being a two game series, they have to win both of them to get the shield uh, back. Um, I yeah, saw someone
1: a... posted on the internet: Would you rather the Aussies win the Ashes or the Wallabies win the Bledisloe this year?
0: Well, that's tough. no. I always like beating the palms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like the yeah, the, Kiwi, I the Kiwis have, the big Kiwis big have big beaten the
2: the caring of the butterflies out of me. They've dominated for so long.
1: <laughs> Ashes, That's what, you, never, you, you might never see it again. Well, the Ashes, you know, I've seen them want the, win the the Ashes. That's why, as, especially like, we su- have a better chance to win the Ashes. The, the, the as subtext as of
2: the the Stephen Smith and um David Warner stuff there too. Um, it would be nice to see them absolutely wipe the palms up five nil.
0: All right, and I think that about wraps it up. But for 40, you've got something to play yeah, us out I'll,
2: with. I'll run us out with uh, the best of our uh, victory over Newcastle. Play of the game. Here's Paul Lowe for Lane. Jeez, Lane's threatened, and
0: now he gets the offload to Dylan Brown into the backfield. Two on one. Here we go. Gutherson, oh, Pogger chasing. It. Pogger oh. gets him down. Brilliant. Gutterson, run down here at Bank West. Now, Jennings, Moses. Moses has a go, runs into Matautia. How are they hanging on the Knights? Dylan Brown again. Taps in the kick, here comes Sivo. Marcus Sivo gets there first.
1: And he scores in front of his dad.